Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. This podcast, everyone is talking about it. Look at this review that just dropped on the page. It goes, nice. Scott is my son. I am leaving an objective, unbiased review that everyone should pay attention to his fun, loving, and enthusiastic nature. I wouldn't trade him for anything. Love, mom. What a, what a nice review. You know, just people are out there randomly, you know, sharing their perspective. There's no ulterior motives. They just, they just want the, 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 the good people of, of the iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher uh, communities just to have, you know, let the, let, the, let the best content organically reach the top. Today's topic, I'm going to talk about something that actually, I mean, I do have an ulterior motive. This is actually, this is part of my business. I spend more time on this lately than anything else. That is um, our agency side of the business of Buy Boxer. So what kind of, and this podcast is, it's, uh, um, it's what questions should you be asking your Amazon agency? I never even thought about doing a podcast on this until I realized that there was enough um, information here that um, even newcomers could uh, can learn from and you know incorporate some of this into their own business. Um, agencies seem to be the all the rage on Amazon. Uh, last year uh, at a conference, I probably heard uh, you know ran into like 10 to, uh, to 15 different agencies uh there's but before that like like no one so it's kind of uh turned into a big thing um, a lot of the the software services out there are catering to agencies they are catering to people that you know what an agency is in general is someone that um handles other people's Amazon businesses or uh, their problems. And, um, you know, some people, some of the smartest Amazon people that I have met uh, run agencies. These are, uh, you know, you're, you're thrown many problems every day of, you know, very different product types and uh, that, you know, have different problems for or, or challenges to get to where they need to be and um, but I'm gonna I'll tell you why uh, there's a lot to like about an agency business say if you in your future you're building one or it could actually be a side to what you're doing uh, since you have figured out Amazon chances are you will come across someone else that uh, has products that are pushing some things here and there and they don't want to deal with Amazon and you'd be like, well, for a fee or like, you know, for a, a cut of sales, um, I, I can do it for you. And it could uh, be a, uh, a mutually beneficial. Um, so uh, let's see if you are considering using the agency, uh, you definitely have a few questions to ask. But what you get is a team of experts at what is probably the the price of just one employee. You don't need to worry about a learning curve. Um, and there's a lot of things that we can handle that would be kind of impossible on your own. I mean, just launching a, a single uh, product page, you need expertise um, 
and, you know, copywriting and photography and uh, like logistics, uh, the the whole whole gamut of things that you need to consider. And, you know, by handing this problem to someone else, uh, you can focus on other uh, things. So um, there are several reasons to use an agency and they can depend on your size of business. But we find primarily brands that use agencies, they're just not Amazon first companies. You know, they, they've built a, uh, a line of products and have grown it for years and years and years. And Amazon just kind of is an afterthought. They don't want, um, they don't want to manage the five, 10, 20% uh, of, of their sales that end up happening on Amazon. They just kind of see it as a blip where they're focused on, you know, maybe they're, they're, uh, the reps that start selling to, uh, you know, brick and mortar stores and uh, distributors where maybe the bulk of the volume is, and they just want to like get control of, of Amazon. Cause maybe it's in their future and they just don't want to think about it. Those are the brand. That's the kind of a profile of the brands that we, uh, normally see. And, uh, Traditionally, they would use, you know, an army of third-party sellers to do it, whether it's, you know, they have one third-party seller or 20, or maybe they have a roster of three, four, or five. And um, in my opinion, uh, there is upside to a brand. Uh, it is more, they have more value in the brand if they take things over for themselves and, you know, create their own seller account. Obviously, this can actually hurt the wholesale model, um, but I don't think that you have to worry about it too much. Um, and, and if anything, you know, you should, if you build a relationship with a brand, you can be uh, this person for for them. And nothing's stopping you from, uh, I know agencies of, you know, 40, 50, 60 employees to agencies of five and 10, or even one employee, you can still use this model in, in your approach to, to being on Amazon. Cause if you start doing well with one brand, you know, you're going to build uh, some trust and, um, here, here's a quick example. Uh, you know, we partnered with a brand that, uh, they did, uh, bras of all things. And, awesome products, sold really well, great margin, um, but they had a roster of two or three sellers. And um, and we, uh, we were making really good margin, but one thing that we figured out is that their return rate was really high and it was kind of hard for us to figure out uh, how profitable they were considering you know all the uh, unsellable products that came back to us and that we had to, to work with. Um, and we, uh, you know, kind of cannibalized our own business by pitching them the agency model. But the upside for us was that they got to take full control of the channel and, um, we, they were hesitant to do this, but they, uh, did end the relationship with their other Amazon sellers. But at the end of the day, it was, it, it, it's my opinion, it's what's, it's what's best for them. They have their own asset. They can um, get all the upside of 
of uh, future success on Amazon. Well, sorry, when I say asset, I mean that their seller account is itself an asset to the business. It's, uh, you know, it can, uh, you know, you hold that inventory there and you, um, you can launch new products. You don't have a, to rely on a go-between. And, um, and the truth is, is if you have a seller account and say you're using an agency for everything, you could still fire that agency and you can leave with your own seller account. I mean, if my best friend was, uh, you know, selling a product and, you know, wanted to go direct to consumer and then want to do Amazon, I would, you know, slightly coax him just to do it himself, figure it out. And so that's a little bit why we did it. We thought it was best for them. But here's why it was good for us is um, we got to, you know, get out of inventory. Uh, there is a lot of risk to an inventory business. Um, things can happen. Products can get returned. They can come in damaged condition. Amazon can lose products of yours. Uh, products can go stale. I've seen products that have like, you know, been in the top 10,000 rank and now they, um, uh, they don't sell anything. Uh, things happen on Amazon and, and you, you have all the burden of, you know, the up and the downs of that. And so getting out of uh, inventory, there's, there's some upside to it. And um, so that's pretty much our reasonings for doing things and why we pushed some of our partners that we were selling through on our account to sell on their own account. And um, it wasn't, it's not very easy to do this, but, but okay, so back to the uh, original questions of, you know, what should you be asking an agency? If you are gonna be doing this, you know, what kind of things should you be considering? And um, so obviously is like, what is the price? You know, what do you charge? Um, are you offering or seeking comprehensive or a selective service? Comprehensive being, you know, full account management, everything from inventory, product pages to uh, marketing. You know, marketing can be the marketing on the page or the PPC. Um, there are a lot of brands that don't want to manage PPC. They don't know anything about bid adjusting or and. Um, and we find even a lot of good marketing uh, brands, uh, they don't want to, they don't know the advantage of very Amazon specific things such as variation pages. Um, I'm going to do an episode on variation pages. I should have already done that because they are, they're, they're very interesting. Um, and so the services that you are, uh, that uh, you would see, seek from an agency, uh, you could be like an a la carte where you like you choose one or you can choose everything and obviously priced based off of that. So what let's dive into what you would pay. You know, there's a um, say it could be like a monthly service fee, a flat amount, or you can incentivize the amount. You can uh, do commission. Uh, both have upside because uh, sometimes the incentivize like where if you get, you're getting a, a, you say, you know, a percent of a sale, um, 
that puts the risk and reward on the side of the agency. They have to work, they have to like launch these products and put a lot of effort to uh, make sure that they're getting the right amount of traffic and that they grow into being larger. And, you know, then, you know, this can, this commission fee can turn into something very significant. Um, but there are brands that, you know, just don't fit. There's not a product market fit. They, the competition is too steep or um, turns out people just don't want that product as much as you thought they might. And, and in those scenarios, you know, it, it would have been better uh, to, to take a flat amount where, you know, you know you're going to be um, uh, just doing a fixed amount of work. And, uh, you know, this can vary from, a, you know, a few hundred dollars to a few thousand. I find that we just generally do better with small and mid-sized brands and we don't like to charge more than like, if you start charging, you know, super high, everyone's going to, a brand is just going to want to like, you know, let go of their agency and just bring it internal and hire an employee. So a few times we say um, we have a, the commission structure where we were taking 6% of their sales. They did really, really well in November and December. And we're like, hey, we're going to be taking too much money here. We think they might fire us. Let's just lower it a little bit. And we're probably still taking the same amount of money, but uh, I, we increase our likelihood of them sticking with us. So um, that's a balance that, that we go through. And another question is, is like, what kind of like requirement and time are they going for? You know, are they making sign a contract for two years or for one year or six months? We actually initially approach people with, uh, with a two-year contract. And uh, there's debates about, you know, the pros and cons of that as well. But, uh, you know, if, if a brand is successful, we've, and we want to work with them, we'll reduce that, that time period. Um, but if you don't show, you know, as an agency, you want to show like commitment and sometimes, you know, requiring a year, like it makes them think more thoroughly about um, what they're engaging with because, I, you really need to like have a good partnership where they trust you as the Amazon expert and, uh, you trust them as, uh, like, you know, someone that's going to like be responsive to, uh, you know, cause we have like, we throw tons of questions. We ask for content a lot. If they, whatever they have, we want so we can help, uh, build their pages. Um, and so you'll find a lot of agencies will actually have a few clients that are huge headaches. And so um, this, these, these uh, you know, having a, a requirement kind of forces that, uh, you know, that relationship question a little bit earlier on. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of different uh, things that I would consider about uh, an agency is do they overpromise? Are they realistic? How stable are they? I don't want to uh, throw them particularly under the bus, but um, Etels has an agency. They're the, uh, they've been one of the largest Amazon sellers, been in the top five and top 10 for a while, but it's actually kind of public, the struggles that they've gone through. They've uh, changed leadership and their parent company is trying to sell off the, another division. And if they 
fail in, in doing that. I was just reading an article last week about how they might, you know, they might go into bankruptcy. So, um, you know, that's probably not a sign of stability right there. Um, and then on the uh, overpromise, it's not hard to find people that will like talk a big game about how, you know, you're going to be doing millions of it on Amazon. And I know from watching many brands, you know, getting into the millions is not easy. It's not an accident. It takes a lot of work. And uh, we've just had more luck with, you know, the, the small to mid-sized companies from 250,000 and, and take them to, uh, you know, about a million in sales. Uh, some have done more than that. And um, that's actually a significant amount of volume. And that's, uh, you'd be surprised how many people would be just, like thrilled with that, to add that to their business. And, um, but we don't promise them the moon. We give realistic expectations of like, okay, um, here's your sales plan for the next year. You know, you're doing, say you're on a run rate of 200,000. We think we could get you to, to 500,000, you know, and it takes almost a year to get there. Um, and those are the kinds of like realistic, uh, expectations that you should have with an agency. If someone's promising you, you know, you're going to be to five to 10 million in a year. Um, I guarantee you they have a long list of people that they've promised that to and not have not delivered. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of challenges to this model. It pushes you to, um, grow outside of what you you're good at chances are you're good at your business right now you know you've figured out a few things and um but when you take on someone else's products you're taking on their challenges and we there could be even new risks to the seller accounts we have um, you know, we have a brand that approached us to handle a suspension on their account. They're a treadmill company and, um, and they came to us because they were suspended. And there's one thing you should know about treadmills. You do not want to be shut down in January. So we've had to deal with a lot of compliance issues with Amazon. And fortunately, some of our expertise does apply, but we also, um, you know, have jumped in and, and taken the burden for them. Um, let's see. In, you know, sometimes a, a, a client or a brand's problems are on scale. They have just like a ton of products that they need to launch. But sometimes it's all on one ASIN that, you know, there are ASINs out there that a single ASIN does one, five, ten million dollars. And uh, that going down for an hour creates issues. That going down for a day, you know, major problems. And uh, it's kind of a warfare. It's, it's a very different mindset to think of like, you know, very broad or very narrow. And um, so those are the, the, with the agency that we've been doing for the last years, those are the types of things that I've had to think about. Um, another, I uh, think some questions that you could be asking your, an agency is, what do they do for a launch service? Do they bring in social traffic? Are they using a service like Rebate Key to, to incentivize reviews? Or do I trust them to uh, you know, uh, bring in reviews that are not gonna get me suspended? 
Am I comfortable with someone else having access to my seller account? And some of those questions, like you just need to ask yourself before, I mean, any agency, I, I get contacted, uh, I'd say once or twice a month, people say something to me that makes me think that they, they really are very protective over their data, over their product. They don't even, you know, we're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation and they won't tell me and, or they don't trust uh, third party services. Um, I get it. It's, it's fine. I can tell, I can go at great length why it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, I've, I've downloaded the entire catalog of Amazon. I know like you tell me a brand, you tell me a seller and it's publicly available information of how big they are, of what products they have and what their sales, those sales ranks are. And I can tell you, um, I can estimate the volume of that business. There's very little data that can be gathered on the back end only. One thing is, is the return rate. You can't, I can't tell you, you know, what, if it's a three or five or 10 or 20% return rate, unless I have access to the back end. Pretty much everything else I can tell you from the front end. So I don't think that any uh, providers out there really are gonna value your data, but, um, but they can do things on your account. And so, you know, you should be, you should figure out if you're comfortable with someone else having access to that. Or if you're doing an agency, that's some, that's a uh, trust level that you have to win from them because, you know, they're going to authorize you as a user on their account. I just live in a world where I trust most people. I have uh, no reason to suspect that anyone uh, would do something too malicious um, and they obviously can do things that would get you suspended ooh here's an agency horror story and this is probably why I should I am bringing this up uh, I'm not going to name the parties involved but an agency was using an email service for asking for reviews they switched to a new email service and it just kind of went crazy and it sent out many, many, many emails. And well, this flagged Amazon because they don't like you spamming, especially for reviews, even if it's a, a question in the way that Amazon would approve, but they just drowned their customers with emails. And so they got suspended for um, you know, review manipulation. There, there is in the terms of service, in the reviews, to not request uh, many, many times. I, actually, I think they've now limited it just to one request. So, well, this got this seller suspended. And they were suspended during Christmas for uh, 21 days. That's how bad, that's how seriously Amazon takes review manipulation when they can catch it. Unfortunately, there are so many examples of them not catching it, but when they do catch it, I know that they take it seriously because the media is uh, really um, raking them over over this. Um, but this agency got another seller suspended and uh, this person that runs the agency said it's one of the most stressful things he's ever done because you know he hurt someone else's account. It was an honest mistake. And he worked around the clock with Amazon to reduce that 21 day suspension into what turned out to be seven days. And um, 
that's uh, that's the worst case scenario, not the uh, point of this podcast, but something to consider that if you are going to be, you know, acting as an agency or using one, that's just uh, the life that you guys uh, are entering into some you know degree a partnership of of enjoying the upside together and uh, and you experience the downside together. So that's my thoughts on agency. I'd love to hear your guys' comments and questions about this. Um, but thank you for being a part of the show and thank you for sharing with others. I've definitely benefited from that a lot recently. Um, who knows how long I am going to be you know, doing this podcast. I will not be doing it uh, for more than 20 years. That sounds silly. But could it be another year or two? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot. Um, there's many more d different parts of the marketplace, uh, the different marketplaces uh, to go over. So I am in no ways looking to wind down. Um, this episode is over. I'll be with you next week. Just you wait. Ready to uh, talk and dive into something big. That's all I've got. Have a good one. One, two, three. This episode has been produced by LaunchPod Media.